Greetings, Earthlings. Today I'm back with a re-review of one of my most recommended microphones of all time. That microphone is the Samson Q2U, which is a USB and XLR dynamic microphone. If you are interested in this mic, it will cost you around $50 to $70. Like always, I'll throw some links in the description down below. Also, for this review, I'm using the USB cable and running directly into my Mac. My gain is set at 75%, recording 16-bit 48 kilohertz. I will not do any kind of post-processing, but I may have to boost it a little bit in post, so check the doobly-doo to see what I diddly did. Now let's talk about what comes in the box. What a shocker, you are going to get the microphone, you will get a foam windscreen, a microphone clip, a desktop tripod stand, a micro or mini USB to USB-A cable to connect this to your computer or device, an XLR to XLR cable to run the microphone into an interface or outboard preamp, and a little bit of documentation. Then as far as the build quality, I really don't have any complaints about this thing because I've been using one and beating it up for well over six years, and this is still functioning, and for the price, I think that is more than respectable to get more than six years of use out of the microphone. But as far as the makeup, it does have an all-metal body, a very firm metal mesh grill which has no give to it. Directly beneath the grill, you will find a light to tell you that it's plugged in and getting power, and this will only work when you have the microphone connected over USB. Then you'll find an on-off switch which can function as a mute button. Near the base of the microphone, you will find a set of buttons to control the headphone volume. On the end of the microphone, you'll find the USB port to connect this to your device, an XLR port to run this to an interface or preamp, a 3.5mm headphone jack which does allow for zero latency monitoring as well as computer playback, and if it matters to you, this microphone is made in China. Then as far as the specs, this microphone has a cardioid polar pattern, a frequency response of 50 Hz to 15 kHz, a sensitivity of around negative 54 dB, a max SPL of 148 dB, and a conversion of up to 16-bit, 48 kHz. Now I am spinning around the Q2U to 90 degrees so you can hear the off-axis rejection and coloration. Continuing around the microphone to 180 degrees, here's what the rear of the mic sounds like. Continuing around the microphone to the second 90 degree angle, and then rotating and ending at the front of the microphone. Now let's go ahead and test the plosive rejection of this thing. Please bring pizza pronto. 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 Now I am right on top of the Samson Q2U to demonstrate the proximity effect on this thing. Now I'm about 3 inches off with the mic pointed at the corner of my mouth and here is how it's sounding. About 1 foot away from the microphone, about 2 feet away from the microphone, and about 4 feet away from the Samson Q2U. Now I am typing on a keyboard with Gatoron Blue switches to see how much of my voice versus how much of the keyboard it picks up. And for the gaming folk, now I am typing on the sad W and the spacebar key. First up, here is how the microphone sounds in a well-treated room about 4 inches away from my mouth. And here is how the microphone sounds in a completely untreated room about 4 inches away from my mouth.
Now I have the microphone on the provided desktop tripod. It sat directly in front of me about six inches away from my mouth and here is how it's sounding. I will go ahead and tap on the desk so you can hear how much of that noise it's able to reject on the tripod. And here is how it would sound if you got the microphone on a boom arm so that you can get it closer to your mouth. And I will tap on the desk again so you can hear how much of that it can reject. And then on the boom arm. That desktop tripod stand is doing all the heavy lifting in terms of rejecting shocks for this microphone because that's pretty rough. Now because I'm annoying and I'm thorough, I will tap on the body of the microphone to see if there are any kind of resonant frequencies. Now I know the majority of people will not be hand holding this microphone, but just in case, I will pass it back and forth between my hands so you can hear what kind of handling noise rejection this thing offers. And now to be even more extra extra thorough, I want to demonstrate how this sounds when you cup the grill of the microphone. It's going to sound terrible, but first up, here is how it sounds when you are not cupping the grill. And here is how it sounds when you completely encapsulate the sides of the grill. It does not sound very good. There you go. That is how it sounds when you cup the microphone. Nobody's going to be doing that, but just for completionism's sake. Completionism? Completionist? Now let's test if the provided foam windscreen impacts the sound that's being recorded. So right now I am speaking directly into the microphone and I do not have the foam windscreen installed. And here is how it's sounding. And now I've installed that provided foam windscreen, but I did leave a little bit of a gap there to hopefully improve the plosive rejection. And here is how it's sounding. Let me know in the comments down below if you notice a big difference in sound when it has the foam windscreen on versus off. Please bring pizza pronto. Please bring pizza pronto. Now, in case you want to use the on-off switch as a mute button, I'll go ahead and switch it on and off so you're able to hear what kind of noise that generates. Now I want to do a quick back and forth comparison between the USB and the XLR output so that we're able to hear if there's any difference in sound. First thing I want to say is you can use both of them simultaneously. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm recording the USB 75% gain 16 bit 48 kilohertz, and then I am running the XLR output into the Focusrite 18i20 second gen, gain nearly at 100%, 24 bit 48 kilohertz, and I will be switching back and forth between them so we're able to hear if there's any significant difference in sound between the two signals. Does the USB output color the audio in a favorable or unfavorable way? Or does the XLR output give you a better signal? Let me know in the comments down below because while I'm recording this, I can't tell. I can only hear one of the signals, so I don't know which one sounds better. We'll know in post while I'm editing it. Super. Now I'm going to throw this microphone in the box of doom, which is my isolation cabinet, and slowly increase the gain so we can hear what kind of preamp noise this microphone has.
Then as far as latency, with the sample rate set at 48 kilohertz and an I.O. buffer of 64 samples, we have an 8.5 millisecond round trip, or 4 millisecond output latency. Jumping to 128 samples, we have 11 milliseconds round trip, or 5.2 milliseconds output. And jumping up to 256 samples, we have 16.5 milliseconds round trip, or 7.9 milliseconds output. Now we're going to do a quick spoken word comparison between the microphone that we're reviewing, the Samson Q2U, and a bunch of other microphones on the market so we can see how it stacks up against the competition. We'll start on the microphone that we're reviewing. This is the Q2U, three inches off, gain at 75%, 16-bit, 48 kilohertz, and here's how it sounds. First up, I am on the Behringer XM8500, which goes for about $25. This is an XLR-only microphone, so you would also need to get an audio interface and an XLR-to-XLR cable. I am 3 inches off, running directly into the Focusrite 18i 22nd Gen, gain set nearly at 100%, and here is how this compares to the Samson. Back again on the Samson Q2U, nothing has changed. Here's how it's sounding. Next microphone. And now we are on my original Samson Q2U, which I bought back in 2015. I am 3 inches off. My gain is at 75%. Still recording 16-bit 48 kilohertz. And here is how it sounds. Do you hear a significant difference between the original Q2U and the new Q2U? Let me know in the comments down below. For a third comparison, here is how the Q2U sounds. Let's jump to another mic. Now I am on the Shure SM58, which goes for about $100. This is another XLR-only microphone running into the Focusrite 18i 22nd Gen, gain set halfway between 9 and 10, nearly 100%, and here is how this sounds compared to the USB XLR Samson Q2U. Let's jump back and do a bunch more comparisons. For a palate cleanser, here is how the Samson Q2U sounds. Get a good feel for it, and let's jump to another comparison. Now we are on the Audio-Technica ATR2100X-USB. This is another USB XLR dynamic mic. This goes for about $100. Just to keep things consistent, I am 16-bit 48 kilohertz. Gain set at around 70%, 3 inches off. And here is how this compares to a mic that's 30 to 50 bucks cheaper. Let's jump back and do more comparisons. Here we are again on the Samson Q2U. Nothing has changed. Let's do another one. Now we are on the SE Electronics SEV7. This is a super cardioid handheld dynamic microphone, which is XLR only. Still three inches off. My gain is set at, what would that be, 430, halfway between 9 and 10, almost 100%. $100 if I didn't mention, XLR only. I'm sure I'm repeating myself. Here is how it sounds. Let's jump back to the Samson and do a couple more comparisons. You may be wondering why I'm not comparing this mic to every single XLR USB dynamic microphone. Frankly, it's because I'm lazy. Let's jump to another mic. Now we are on the Audio-Technica AT2020 USB Plus. This goes for about $150, and this is a USB condenser mic. My gain is set at around 65 to 70%, 3 inches off, 16-bit, 48 kilohertz. And here is how this sounds compared to the Samson Q2U. Let's jump back and do a bunch more of these things.
back on the Q2U. And honestly, it's not just because I'm lazy. It's because I also compare the Q2U to those microphones in the reviews of those microphones. So if you want to hear how this sounds against them, go watch those reviews. Next one. Now I am on the Samson Q9U, which is another XLR and USB dynamic mic. This goes for about $200. I have the mid-boost engaged, the high-pass filter is not turned on, and I am running directly into my Mac, gain set at around 55 to 60% to keep things consistent, 16-bit, 48 kilohertz, and here is how this compares to a microphone that is less than half the price from the same company. Let's jump back and do more of these. One more? Two more? I don't know. All right, I think this is the second to last comparison. This is the Q2U, three inches off, 16-bit, 48 kilohertz, 75% gain on my Mac. And here is how it sounds. Second to last microphone, go to it. Now I am on the Shure SM7B, which goes for about $400, about three inches off of the capsule, gain all the way at 100%. No high pass filter and no presence boost engaged. And here is how this sounds compared to the Samson Q2U. That's what we're comparing it against. So there you go. Very high end dynamic microphone versus a pretty affordable option. Beginner, starter, entry level, whatever you want to call it. The Samson Q2U. Let's do more. And we have one more microphone to go. You all know what it's going to be, so let's jump to it right now. I am on the Neumann U87AI, which is a multi-pattern studio condenser microphone, which is not a fair comparison at all. This also goes for about $3,600. Definitely not a fair comparison, but this is a control. I am three inches off. Gain on the 18i20 is set at around 1130. Cardioid mode, no pads, no filters engaged. And here is how this has been sounding. Let me know in the comments which of these microphones was your favorite. And let us jump to the music test now. Very cool. Is this mic still good after all these years or do I have to beg for a mic that sounds the best that doesn't cost an arm and leg? Honestly, that's all I'm looking for. I know it's a goofy lyric song, whatever, but that's what I want to find. A great sounding mic that doesn't cost a million, trillion, billion, gazillion dollars. This is one of the first mics that fulfilled that criteria, and I want to know, does it still fulfill those criteria or not? So let's go to the conclusion and find out, shall we? Alright, I've been using this microphone for about six or seven years now. It is definitely not without its faults, and it is certainly not one of the greatest mics of all time. But I really think that the value proposition in 2022 still holds pretty strong. 
And first up, as far as pros, it has to be the price. Mainly if you're able to get this at $50, I think that is one of the most insane values in recording, the XM8500 being another one of them. Secondly, the versatility that stems from the XLR and USB port is great. It gives you this great upgrade path, so if you need to start on USB, you're able to do that. But then further down the road, if you want to start using XLR, you have that capability without having to replace the microphone. Also, it gives you the ability to run to two different sources. Maybe you want to run USB to one computer and XLR through an interface to a second computer or an external recorder for a backup really useful there. And the final pro for me has to be that on-off switch. Having that physical mute capability will really come in handy if you're in any kind of online meeting. Then as far as cons, the microphone is pretty bad with plosives. Please bring pizza pronto. That is absolutely brutal. The handling noise on this thing is not that great either, and it doesn't reject shocks that well, so you will need to be very careful with it. I do also find this microphone to be quite sibilant, so if you have a super sibilant voice, I don't think it'll be the right fit, and most people will benefit from using a de-esser with this thing. Also, this mic does have quite outdated electronics inside, being limited to 16-bit 48 kilohertz. And finally, the zero latency monitoring on this thing is a bit weird. I would like to have the ability to mix between zero latency monitoring and computer playback. In order to get a good level, I have to have my volume all the way up on the microphone or very near 100%. And that means computer playback is going to be deafening. You need to have a really nice balancing act between the application playback level and your computer playback level so that you're actually able to hear yourself in your headphones if you want that zero latency monitoring. And now, what are my overall thoughts and opinions of this microphone? On the electric guitar, I think it works, but it's definitely not my favorite. I think that the low mids do get to be a bit much, so throwing on a high-pass filter and maybe also scooping out a bit between 100 and 250 will really benefit this. When you get to the upper mids, it is very articulate, and then you get to the treble and air. It's quite sizzly sounding on this microphone. Quite sizzly sounding, but it is offset by that low mids. But if you high pass that, it's going to become much more apparent. Not going to work for all guitars, especially more aggressive tones. But overall, I thought it was very workable. Next up on the acoustic guitar, I found myself liking this a bit more than a lot of dynamics I've tried. The low mids do come across a bit woofy and a little bit unclear. EQing that and high passing that will benefit you quite a bit. The mids overall, I didn't have any real glaring issues with that. Then you get to the top end of the treble and air. That's what makes this stand out from a lot of other dynamics because it is a very bright microphone. It gives you a lot more of a lively sound. I won't call it detailed. I will call it articulate though. It's not the most natural sounding top end. It, it, it does come across quite artificial, but again, it's not my favorite. I would opt for a condenser of some kind, but I think in a pinch, it could work no problems. Next up for singing, I think that was my least favorite application for this microphone. You still have a little bit of an issue with those lower mids, but like on all vocals, you're going to be EQing that, you're going to be high-passing that. The mids overall were just inoffensive, not nasally, not overly scooped. 
but the artificial top end really comes through and is put on full display on singing. I think it's because you're holding longer notes and it makes it very apparent that that top end is kind of fake sounding and is not flattering. I didn't really like it for this application at all. And lastly, for spoken word, I think it works well enough for this application. The low end isn't overpowering. The mids aren't overly nasally. They aren't overly forward. They are pretty natural sounding. But the top end is where you can tell this is a bit more of an affordable microphone. It comes across a little bit too forward in the top end to my ears, causing it to sound a little bit sizzly and a little bit sibilant. So I think you will need to work with those in post. But given the price, I do still think that it's outstanding for that application if you're just getting into it. And to wrap up, would I recommend the Samson Q2U? If you're on a budget, absolutely I would. If you can get this at 50 bucks, I still think that's one of the best deals in recording right up there with the XM8500. And the reason I'm not recommending the 8500 over the Q2U is the price. Once you throw in the cables, the stands, the interface, the 8500 will be around 100 bucks. The Q2U, you can find this 40, 50, 60 bucks. I think that's a better deal if you are on a very limited budget. But with that being said, the microphone is not without its faults with the sibilance, the plosives, and the handling noise. You will need to deal with those. You will need to work around those. If you don't think you're able to, definitely look elsewhere because that's going to be an issue. That's going to be an issue. And that's going to be an issue. So if you can't work around those, there are many other options that will help you avoid those. But if you are able and willing to work around those issues, I think you can get some really great sounding recordings out of this thing. And for 50 to 70 bucks, it's really hard to fault it for too much because you can pull it out of the box and start recording day one. And that's a really big selling point of this thing. That's all that I've got for you today. I'm not going to ramble on because this went a lot longer than I was planning for it. If you found this fun, interesting, or helpful, go ahead and give me a thumbs up. Hated it. Big old thumbs down. Want more videos? Subscribe. These people are amazing. And thank you so much for watching. I love you. You are the best. I will talk to you in uh next week, probably. Okay. Bye-bye.